This is episode 116, Toxic Positivity. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. And I'm Deb. And here's our podcast. It's for the realistic SLP. And today, Maria and I are doing a check-in. So how are you doing, Maria? I'm doing pretty well. I can't really complain about anything. So things are going well or swell for me. I'm having this delicious wine, Terradoro, a Zinfandel, and it's very delicious. And I've paired it also with this blueberry goat cheese from mm. these crackers. So I really have nothing to complain about in this moment. And I'm here chatting with you, Deb. Oh, well, yeah, it's great to see you. Great to chat with you. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well with me. I feel good. Um, despite all of the craziness of the world and the current circumstances, um, which definitely can have an impact on our life and our mental health. So, um, I mean, I am... I guess we both, we have eight years experience now in the field. I think it's eight. Um, Since 2012, when we graduated SJU, Queens campus. I should have realized that nice, even math problem there. Um, Well, now it's 2021. So it's almost, anywho. So uh, we've been at this for a long time, but right now the world is different. And I feel like I have two CFs and um, I think the struggle is real. And I think that it's important to just like, you know, check in on that and, and acknowledge that, you know, right now, the only thing we can do is our best, but things are tricky. I mean, Maria, you're going back and forth from virtual to not virtual. How is everything with you? Everything is okay with work. Uh, we're back to in-person, um, mm-hmm. social distancing, all of the nines. And, uh, you know, practicing precautions. So I feel safe. I feel safe. That's good. Yeah. Do you feel like it's a struggle just bouncing back and forth all the time, just not knowing if it's going to be consistent or, or I kind of find, uh, amusement maybe in that is maybe not the best word. I try to find the positive in that. Like, Oh, who knows where I'll be tomorrow. The world is my oyster. And perhaps it's a coping mechanism to use. It sounds like toxic positivity. (gasps) Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, actually, sometimes I get to sleep more. So I like that That's feeling. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess my sleeping, sleeping is important. So there yes. is actually my point. Sleep is very important. It's we require it for our brain to heal. There was mm-hmm. a research study. I can't quote it off the top of my head, but there's a study out there that says it, that while you're sleeping, you're neurons are pruning and fine tuning and uh, excreting toxins. So that is a necessary daily process that needs to happen. So if you're depriving your own brain of that, you're functioning on a lower level of your brain. So I I read a research article that said that somebody who is sleep deprived and driving is the equivalent of somebody with like high blood alcohol level. Um, because it does impact your, your focusing cognition. I was joking when I was saying you're toxically positive, but it is a real thing. And I think toxic positivity really does get on my nerves. So I want to talk a little bit about that. So toxic positivity is the assumption either by oneself or others that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should only have a positive mindset or my pet peeve, positive vibes. 
Like, um, that's a, it's a real privilege to feel positive all the time. And, and when people try to escape reality by strictly saying, keep it positive, it's like, okay, well, I'm glad you're in a position where you can be positive all the time, but not everybody has that privilege. And I mean, maybe walking down the street is a challenge for somebody or just sitting home. Like there is difficulty involved with that. So like maintaining positivity is a, um, is a privilege. Yes. And a big point that I want to bring up is I heard this on a podcast. Mm -hmm. I will link it in the show notes and they talked about shaming. So that really stunts your emotional growth. So when you're shaming someone like, oh, come on, why are you so sad? Look on the bright side. Right. So you're shaming them for their authentic feelings. So we have to just allow ourselves to feel the way we feel. And sometimes that's positive or sometimes that's somewhere in between or sometimes it's negative. Yeah. You have to demonstrate virtue. I mean, I feel like you can't be excessively positive, but you can be deficiently positive. So a mindset I like to take is often like this. It is what it is. So we must lean in and go with the flow regardless of the circumstances. You either embrace what you're doing or you break it. And like, not everyone can quit their job right now. So you have to find a way to embrace things. But at the same time, I feel a lot of compassion for those who are new in the field. And this is their initial experience out out the floodgate. Here it is. Grab a life raft on your way out. Don't let the wave uh, tumble you under the wave. Like, but, no. but it's gonna, you're gonna Don't. get knocked down. You're Watch. gonna be that girl at the Jersey shore who's trying to stand up and keeps getting knocked down by waves. You're losing your bathing suit. It's filled with sand and you're screwed. But you know what? You're gonna eventually, the waves are gonna stop and you're gonna have to stand and you might be naked. I'm going to be like, run towards the boardwalk, run, run away. No, run from- to it's a towel. Get a towel. Grabbing a towel is a great idea. <laughs> Grab a towel. Um, Security. Blanket. But yeah, I'm glad everyone came on that um, analogy journey with us. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't always just fixate on the positive. Um, and that's not that that means of escaping is not always going to be helpful. So don't let toxic positivity ruin your, or like prevent you from acknowledging your authentic feelings. Like, like Maria said, cheers to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Screw toxic positivity that gets on my nerves. Um, I think people like also use that as a way of kind of ignoring reality, Mm. um, and, and refusing to acknowledge problems, which I think if there is a problem, if you don't acknowledge it, then, then how are you going to progress? There's a book. The book is called the subtle art of not giving a beep Mm -hmm. word you, and I won't spell the rest. They, that essentially that whole main idea of that book is about that toxic positivity. And I was reading it and I was like, Ooh, do I do this? But I try to push myself to be positive. But at the same time, if I, if that's like not the vibe I'm getting from someone, you don't want to also like shove it down someone's throat. And sometimes 
And I learned this in this book, the grief recovery handbook, which we're going to talk about in a little bit Mm -hmm. that you want to be a heart with ears. So when someone is talking, maybe it's not about you just brushing your positivity on them, Mm -hmm. which really is almost maybe perhaps a defense mechanism for your own way to cope with what's happening in your life. So instead just to be a heart with ears and just listen to someone. And that is easier said than done. Oh, certainly, certainly easier said than done. Um, I'm having a hard time listening to people lately because people want to tell me about pregnancy and, and childbirth and parenting. And I don't want to listen. You know, I think that we should also think about who asked you. (laughs) That's what I'm just like, you know, we should just take the time to, to ask ourselves that before we start giving advice. I know. So you have to be very, <laughs> very brave to be like, who asked you to ask me? Or you can just is? be pregnant though. Oh yeah. So like, that's harder when you're, you're getting married, there's annoying information, but when you're pregnant, you're just mean, or at least me, I don't want to make things general, but I'm like enough of that. <laughs> I try to short explicit utterances. Um, and, uh, I just snorted like, yeah, the- like people will be like, Oh, where will I sleep when the baby's born? I'm like at your house where your bed is. <laughs> I don't isn't, know. Isn't and, that where you want to be? Yeah. No, people no. want to be at my house. And then I'm just like, yeah, I could use help. You know, with what dishes, laundry, dogs, like I am holding my baby. That's how it's going. If I'm tired and I offer you a turn, you may accept. But under any other circumstances, like, no, thank you. Um, But so I guess I guess I could say in terms of my pregnancy mental health, um, there are a few different components there that um, I I don't feel emotional or like highly emotional or sad or easily upset. Um, I do feel like my fuse is shorter um, Mm -hmm. and my priorities and motivation are different than what they were before. Fair, Uh, fair. Yeah. You're going through a new chapter in your life. So we wanted to talk about mental health with work. So I'm curious now if you can... How's your mental health as an SLP? Because I spoke about, I feel safe. I feel good. I'm yeah. Good. Well, I'm strictly virtual now because I did get COVID and that was scary for a second, but I didn't know I had COVID. So it wasn't scary till after because <laughs> I right. was like, did I have COVID is, or is COVID coming? So that was scary. But then many weeks passed and nothing happened. So um, you definitely had it. I had it already. You were, you were very sick. I was sick, but then I tested negative and I had all like upper respiratory stuff, maintained my taste, didn't have a fever or chills or muscle aches. So it was very confusing, but nonetheless, I had COVID. And then due to the fact that there are a variety of strains at the moment, so like you can get it more than once um, and that COVID or any flu could cause preterm labor, I decided to switch completely to virtual work. Um, and how has that impacted my mental health? I mean, I do miss in person. Um, 
I miss changing up my schedule on a daily basis. Like I was Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was going into the city and then I even increased it to like, it was all half days, but it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, but all only a couple hours. So it wasn't very long. Um, which was nice. And I really liked that. And I was thinking like, this is perfect for when I do go back to work. This is what I want to do. Um, and I was really happy. I enjoyed my subway rides. I enjoyed my book reading and podcast listening. So um, I do feel a bit cabin fevery sometimes. And I get quite moody if I don't go on my spin bike or and out for a walk um, daily. With the dogs. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you start training them with the stroller like you and Aislinn talked about? Not yet, because it just came in the mail uh, two days ago, so I didn't open it yet. Um, mm. But Mike's mental health is suffering every time he sees another box <laughs> in the house. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's worried about practicing with a stroller. Like he thinks people are going to be like, look at this bozo who lost his baby. What? Why? Because if he's walking around with a stroller that has no baby in it. Oh, <laughs> who cares what other people think? I know. Well, evidently him. Um, he could rise above that. I know, Mike. He can he do could. it. But, you know, pregnancy depression is a real thing. Um, and many people do experience that. Um, and I've heard I don't I don't have this, uh, but it's definitely something that can have both a physical and emotional impact on moms to be you could have moodiness sadness empty feelings hopelessness and emotional um like feel emotionally lethargic so they may have trouble sleeping um and so anything that you do in your life can really impact your mental health absolutely yeah so we want to also talk about uh, extenuating circumstances, mm -hmm. right? Like things going on in your life. So yeah. based off. Well, my... also before you get into that, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, I got I, this. So yeah, yeah. I recently started just drawing portraits for people. Yes. And I had no idea the emotional impact of this because I was just doing it. I'm like, Hey, I like doing this. If you want one, that would be like a cool side hustle for me. Um, but I'm getting so many pictures and corresponding emails of sad stories. Like I'm drawing a lot of people who passed away from COVID oh. people who lost their animals and they want to like memorialize them through a, a drawing. So I had to draw this one picture. I was like, I am sad this whole time. Um, so yeah, I, I, you can, you can, there are extenuating circumstances in your life that can impact your mental health at the drop of a hat, but also like other people's lives and just news in general. Absolutely. We're humans and we connect with others. And if we're, if everything around us is sad, I mean, can you blame us for us to become sad as well? Right. It's almost, that is the human nature. Yeah. Yeah. So Maria's got a handbook on sadness. So what's yes. that? <laughs> <laughs> So like, what's it say in there? So it's like that book from Beetlejuice. It's like here's a guidebook for the recently deceased. Like, what's your grief recovery book handbook say? I'm laughing now. I just thought of the Broadway show, which I miss Broadway. So there's my grief about. Oh that. yeah, you saw the theater. 
Yeah. I the, didn't see that. It's amazing. And the main character, I'm forgetting her name. She's like, I'm obsessed with death. You know, there's like a whole musical number of how she's obsessed with death. Is it Eliza? It's not Lydia. Lydia's the mom, right? Lydia Deeds. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting, but I'm going to, we'll have to yeah. check that. Oof. So anywho. So they talk about all the different. So the only thing guaranteed in life is death and taxes, right? Never heard that before. Right. Haha. <laughs> but I'm bumped. <laughs> Sarcasm. It's a skill. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so that's how the, ca- the paragraph opens. So it's saying that. The third thing is loss. We're all going to experience that. Yeah, which is crazy. I've never had I've never had a pet die. And my dog is 14. He got a vaccine on Tuesday for Lyme disease. And he was like so energetic that day. I'm bragging to the doctor, asking me all these questions about my 14 year old dog. And I'm like, he's great. There's nothing wrong with him. And then like, I guess I want to say like within hours, like this, this vaccine just like knocked him out of commission. I'm like, oh my God, he's dying. Um, he's totally fine now. But, um, it made me realize like, I've never experienced a pet death. Well, actually going to happen. Yeah. That's one of the yeah, it's actually the first, the first one on my one. list. Yeah. Did you see that? No, you said it. Oh, I said it before you remembered. Okay. Death of a pet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving, starting school, death mm-hmm. of a former spouse, marriage, graduation, end mm-hmm. of addictions, major health changes, like being pregnant, maybe Re- <laughs> retirement. Right. Uh-huh. Re- financial changes, positive or negative holidays, legal problems, empty nest. So right. these are common life experiences. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, we- I don't want to sound toxically positive, but like say whatever you want about being pregnant during a pandemic, but none of my friends can go to parties without me. Right. Not one oh, of no. them. So well, I think it's great. <laughs> No, I think that's just showing that you can have a like a feeling of some like so you have a response right with a new chapter in your life because of Mm -hmm. course you could be excited but you also are missing out on something so if you're missing out on the things if you're look I guess if you feel more about like the loss of things rather than like the gain then you're experiencing grieving grief so and that's up to interpretation for everyone. Yeah, I think I'd be grieving more if this was my second child, um, Mm. because then I would be more aware of what I was missing out on. Um, Because like, yeah, like my husband was robbed of seeing any uh, ultrasounds in person. He's not gone to one appointment. Um, And I haven't, I mean, I had a lovely wedding, but I didn't have the one in my brain and I'm going to have a lovely baby shower. But once again, that's another compromise. It's virtual. And, um, I try not to have too many pictures in my head of what I envision my birth experience to be, because who knows, that could be everything I imagined and more, or I could be, you know, in a mask, my husband can be not allowed in and, uh, they could, make me get a C-section. So, you know, like it could be completely 
altered due to like the current circumstances in the world and uh, everything is unexpected hence the name of my newest podcast yes i'm sure you talk way more in depth than this on your unexpected podcast so that's very cool yeah but, but how uh, are you feeling? Are you feeling uh, so Marie's engaged? Yes, I am. How do you and feel I- about the uh, death of your single life? Actually, I'm feeling OK about it. <laughs> I am because I think I really had fun single. I traveled a lot. I focused on my career. I focused on family and friends and just whatever I wanted to do. I just what I wanted to do it. I made it happen. I manifested it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I don't have more, not looking back and missing out. Oh, nope. Nope. I'm good. Right. Yeah. You know, I've gone cliff diving in Greece before. Check. Like, great. Fun fact about me. Right. So you're ready for that next step. Yes. I think I, I will feel that sadness of not being pregnant anymore because I like being pregnant and I'm the only one that has the baby right now. And then now, like after that, everyone's going to have the baby and I'm going to be like, Ugh, fine. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll share him with you. But yeah, so I, I, I bet that I'll feel that type of grief. You might. Yeah. You never mm-hmm. know. But, you know, you can. I don't want to say toxic, focus on the positives or allow yourself to feel the grief. Actually, I would say, actually, I changed my answer. Yeah. Okay. Allow Thanks. yourself to feel the grief and just let it know, let it yourself be it known that emotions are like the weather. It's sunny and then the rain comes and then it does pass. So just let your emotions pass and try not to make them like right. make you run. You and let stand. yourself feel it. I let myself feel sadness. Yes. If it's like if I'm sad, then I'm like, all right, cry time, put on a song. Yeah, put on the most depressing song. <laughs> like- I need to drive around screaming <laughs> yeah. and crying the song and the lyrics. Yeah. I hear yeah. You. Just be sad. Let yourself be sad. That's fine. Um like that's what I think. Sad. Yeah. But Is that our tip or trick? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. What are, so what were those griefs again? What grief are you feeling in that list? There's gotta oh. be some sort of grief. Do I feel right? some sort of I'm definitely going to feel that pet loss grief. That's going to be a rough one. You know, I try I, to picture it and I can't, I do that too with AJ, but I don't think we should. Cause every time I pet him, I'm like, what if it's the last time, you know, I do that. Right. Cause your dog is 13. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You never know. I know, but I'm just happy that I have him. So I keep saying that. And actually I thanked my dad too. I was like, thank you for getting him for me. And I got him when I was in college Uh freshman. You were a, you were a senior in high school then. I was a freshman. Okay. I became a waitress and I bought a car and a puppy because I was like money. Wow. (laughs) It's a lot of money. I'm going to spend it. (laughs) I got a car and a puppy. So, um, but I mean, it worked out well. I think that uh, it wasn't, I was living by myself at that time. So it was a little bit harder. You had family support. I was more like a teen mom. Um, so I don't know if my dog, not to say teen moms don't raise their their children or dogs possible. I didn't do a great job, I don't think. <laughs> That's my point. Um, so he has grown up to be a very unique individual. I think I'm going to stop you right there and say that you have to give yourself the 
acknowledge that you did the best you could at the time and it's behind you now. And now you just move forward. Yeah, but no better do better. So let's not be toxically positive. My dog is a nightmare. Like okay, there is my- not a, there is not a hostage negotiator that could talk down Oliver. He is a tyrant in all ways. He dictates to myself and my husband what we do, when we do it, how we do it, and with immediacy. AJ AJ is way more chill. I think I had because I had the family support. So it was like, you know, it takes a child to raise. It was also a a different dog. Yeah, it takes a village to raise a child. So it took four family, a total of four family members. But my aunt would watch him, too. When we would go to Greece, she would love Mm -hmm. watching AJ and my cousins liked it you know, help too. And they, they put him in the pool and try to get him to swim around. So good times. Good times. He's a Maltese, right? Yes. He's a Maltese. So I think that Maltese's were bred to be like, do you know what they were bred for? I think they were, I remember reading something about, they were really good at the circus because their hind legs. Cause he used to like go on uh-huh. his hind legs and like bounce and like try to grab a toy. He was right. very impressive. So I was like, his hind legs are crazy. Like cool. So I looked it up. So doing tricks, I think they were also bred to be like companions. I don't think that they were bred to like, so a Yorkie is a hunting dog. (laughs) Yeah. And he, and Yorkies were bred to, they're very brave. Um, So they're bred to like go into ground tunnels and chase out rabbits and things I don't like things you don't like rabbits rats rats i thought you were gonna say or mice or any (laughs) like anything that anything that somebody would hunt and would be a burrowing animal so the yorkie's small and brave so they'll go into the tunnel and bark and chase it out um so it's important side note to consider what that dog was bred for prior to so like oliver is not toto which i thought he was going to be (laughs) Yes, he is a brave. I could see how you thought that now looking back, like Deb loves the Wizard of Oz. I remember you had a coupon code was the Wizard of Oz. And then you have and luckily, funnily enough, you have a little Yorkie. But no, he's I I don't mind him that much, though. (laughs) Him and AJ got along. Remember? Yeah, they're good. He's a good dog. I don't want to say I mean, um, he he's a great dog. He's he's very smart and very healthy and he's very cute. he just, you know, he's very vocal, but maybe because his mom's a speech pathologist. I don't know. AJ barks a lot too. <laughs> I hear you. So I don't really, ha- I'm thinking, so I do have the anticipation of grief, which is not good. So that's just like putting extra stuff on me, but, uh, the marriage really? thing, oh, okay. I'm not ma- married yet. Um, but actually you touched upon a point before that I want to talk about how you said that you didn't get to have the wedding that you want so for me I'm like do I care more about like the timing like should I wait to have the wedding that I want or should I just do what do the best I can with what I have so I'm not really sure but I haven't done any planning so if you want to help Mm -hmm. me please help me yeah absolutely I don't know honestly (laughs) but I would love to get married in Greece but I don't know if that's really plausible. So that would be your ideal. So you're like having to deal with, well, I guess like you'll have to deal with the grief of not doing that if you don't, which is just normal. 
which is, but I definitely want a beach wedding. So I'm thinking if I shifted which beach, so maybe I can, it doesn't have to be necessarily overseas, mm-hmm. but I have majority of my family is there and Sal has family in Italy. So it's actually closer for them too. Right. So there I think, you go. I think about that, but, um, I don't know. This is just me pouring out my heart now, Deb. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I'm going to drink some well, wine. Well, that's good. It's a check-in. This is a check-in with Deb and Maria episode. So make it stop the feeling yeah. like the Grinch. Are gonna... my, my heart is swelling three times. <laughs> hey, that's what's going to happen. Life is going to throw curveballs at you. It's just also tricky because it's like, I know. So my, one of my best friends, Amy, she was on the podcast a long time ago. She's now had four wedding dates. Wow. So she did have a small wedding. She didn't put off the marriage, but, mm. um, you know, delaying, delaying, delaying has not led to a wedding yet because we don't know how long this pandemic will last and um so I don't know it's like it's a hard decision to make so if you're feeling like it's a struggle then that makes sense because it is and that's okay right yes yeah and if you're working and this is your first year in your CF and you're feeling like it's a struggle to be tethered to this computer all day and to contact parents to sign in because their child is not attending and to constantly stare at a screen and be home and never leave one spot for work. If you're feeling like that's a struggle, then um, it is, it is. And, and you should acknowledge the fact that this is a very difficult time and, uh, you're doing something that's new and impossible. And if you're going in person and you're nervous about it daily, or if you're going in person and and it's a struggle because you have to wear all this PPE and you don't feel right. like you're being as effective, like that is a legitimate concern. And, and you are, you know, grieving an experience that was what you, that's contrary to what you expected. Yes, yes. And I think about that uh, poem, uh, welcome to Holland, where a parent makes up all these expectations of a child. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're on the plane ride. It's like, never mind. We're going to Holland. You have to her- learn a whole new language. You have to learn a whole new, right. new, new wardrobe. Like everything that you expected is different. So, yeah, that's like I yeah. feel like related to loss, too. Like, oh, I lost like what I thought was going to happen. Like I lost that. But yeah. but it was never real anyway. It was always in your head. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Was this getting very deep? Is this existentialism or no? Well, existentialism would be more about like, why are we here and what's our purpose? Things like, like a movie that's comes to mind is, uh, what dreams may come, Mm -hmm. um, which is where they're kind of like creating their own heavens and, and, uh, so yeah, but why do we exist and what's happening here? But uh, yeah, so Maria, do you have any tips or tricks for um, without being toxically positive, dealing with the, you know, one's own mental health and in their life work and also in relation to extenuating circumstances? Yes, I do. I want to encourage everyone to take an hour a day and I'm t- taking this from uh, Carol Lowenthal. Thank you. It's a good question to think about. Mm-hmm. If you tell yourself, I have an hour a day to give myself, what am I going to do with that time and aim to do that time? And if you can't do an hour, 
forgive yourself or be easy on yourself and at least give yourself a portion of that. So yeah, try with 20 minutes at first. Yeah. Try to give yeah. yourself some me time, have more me time. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's all you can do. And I think my tip is just to acknowledge and confront and allow the pain and don't let anyone talk you out of it. Nice. Yeah. All right. And on that note, this has been another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. Please check us out on Patreon um, for bonus materials and content. And also please listen to my newest podcast, The Unexpected Podcast. It's about pregnancy and parenting. And I've got a lot of great stories on there from people who are SLPs and uh, some non-SLPs as well. So check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>